0: Welcome back to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. This is Jessica.
1: I am Mikey.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't know why I brought that to this. Um, so we are here. We are back. We are, I think, officially in the uh, in the pits of yeah. second season. It's
1: it's so weird. This episode, as a whole, is has honest to god some of my favorite stuff in twin peaks uh-huh. really and like this is i think i'd have to i have to see the upcoming episodes again i don't remember them as a whole as, as much but like this episode is incredibly polarizing
0: mm, really like
1: there's some stuff in it that's incredible mm-hmm. and then there's some stuff in it that's absolute dog shit <laughs> uh
0: so more so the latter yeah so it's episode 18 overall it's called masked ball 11th episode of the second season. For reasons that make
1: no sense. Yeah, I thought maybe
0: I missed something because I did notice they were dancing at the end. I did not notice. It
1: was a wedding reception. It's not a ball. Nobody's wearing, like, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Okay, so I'm glad I was, so I was paying attention. I mean, again,
1: we've talked about how those names came to be. It was translation from, yeah.
0: Back and forth. So none of
1: it makes any sense, but. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, let's kick off with, um, the log lady intro, which had an edit in it for the first time.
1: Yeah. And I don't know why it didn't, it wasn't necessary. Mm -mm. It's all straight to camera,
0: but Mm -hmm. at one point it's, it's,
1: yeah, it was just a, it cut to a little bit of a tighter shot Mm -hmm. and don't know why.
0: All right.
1: And it wasn't particularly long.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. They were trying to break it up. They were trying
1: to make a couple of takes or like, I don't know. It's interesting.
0: Okay, so is life a game of chess? Are our present moves important to future success? I think so. We paint our future with every present brushstroke. Painting, colors, shapes, textures, composition, repetition of shapes, contrast. Let nature guide us. Nature is the great teacher. Who is the principal? Sometimes jokes are welcome, like the one about the kid who said, I enjoyed school. It was just the principle of the thing. Hey, Mikey, what I, do you think uh, David Lynch was trying to tell us? I, with that?
1: I think he just heard that joke and thought it was really funny. I honestly just think I, that's the type of joke that makes him giggle.
0: I don't get the joke. I get that they're doing work like... It's a principle of the thing, and they're doing wordplay with that in principle. But like, that's it.
1: That's the joke. But is it the <laughs> is it the principle of school that you hate, or is it the school's principle that you hate? It's uh-huh. it's it's just a silly like.
0: It's not even a pun. Yeah, it is. But I don't understand. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's not waste too much time on this. Um... We open on Mikey, can you do a little music sting for us? Oh God
1: I, I'm honestly, I've been watching it with, so there is the one theme. I, I wish I knew the name of it. I should look that up. Um, we could probably find it on Spotify and link to it or something. But the this theme that opens the episode during the extended credits, where James is just riding his motorcycle, I honestly don't think it's ever used for anything remotely enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every time you hear this it it is always during some of the dumbest moments of twin peaks yeah like the fact that we just have james riding a motorcycle for oh three minutes Mm it's uh i yeah anyway Mm -hmm. it's a terrible song and it pops in my head all the time and i hate it yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like it matches the vibe of Twin Peaks.
0: Oh, not at all. It. I mean, everything is very soft in Twin Peaks. Even when they did like a quote unquote rock song, which would have been, which was James and and Maddie mm-hmm. and Donna, that was still very and very. The, they soft. have jazzy
1: stuff where it plays this like jazz guitar stuff. The they have guitar heavy stuff that works. Mm-hmm. This just. It's, it's so jarring to me.
0: And I don't know if it's
1: jarring just because it's always, you know, corresponding with an image that I think is terrible. Or, I mean, not that the image is terrible. It's shot well and whatever, but it just is yeah. a scene that is dumb. Um, I don't know. Whatever.
0: Apparently the name of that song is Americana, according to... TwinpeaksGazette.com, a message board from October 2008. Okay. So I clicked a link. It's no longer working, shockingly. All right. So James is speeding down a, a road on his motorcycle. I will say, it
1: looks like he, I think he's actually riding somewhere in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Oh, I'd agree with that.
1: Like, this is one of the few moments that's shot outside of LA. Right. Which is pretty cool to see. Sure.
0: um okay so we just have that shot of james that's all we get of him for a second um and then we cut back to a conversation between hooper nope cooper and harry whoops um they're talking to betty briggs so if you remember at the end of the last episode um major briggs disappeared and so they're trying to figure out Reasonably, I think where they where he went, uh, and so they talked to his wife, Betty Briggs, and she is shockingly not that worried about her husband who mm-hmm. disappeared. Which is he does this all the time. Yeah, and it's I couldn't tell if she wasn't understanding what he meant by like disappeared or if that is actually something he has done before, like he's just vanished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like...
1: I, yeah, I think. I think she like she comes off as being protective.
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: She knows she probably knows more than she should mm-hmm. because Major breaks shares stuff he probably shouldn't with her because he trusts her. Sure, but I think she's just playing a little bit coy mm-hmm. and saying like, "Oh no, he just does this sometimes because mm-hmm. she's not too worried yet." Because he does go off and do weird missions and whatever all the time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I think she's just trying to protect sure. Briggs.
0: Um, so Betty Briggs says he's disappeared before, but the absences were work-related. She says that the fact that they were in the woods is significant. And that he talks about the woods constantly. Um, she won't divulge whether Garland was trying to contact a woodland spirit, but offers to pass along some notes from his bedside table. Uh, Andy reports that he found a matching scarf and ascot for the Milford wedding. Gordon Cole calls Cooper to offer his support, and he says that the DEA is sending down a top dog. Sorry, I said dog like that. Yeah. Is there better?
1: Yeah, like a a great scene. Mm -hmm. I think this is, is, you know, peak twin peaks. This Mm -hmm. is great. You're introducing this mystery. Mm -hmm. What are people's motivations? All of it is intriguing. And then... A reminder that there's a fucking other Milford wedding who (laughs) like I just there's some like okay we wrapped up the Laura Palmer stuff Mm -hmm. moving on let's bring some some new characters to the like it's you know the office did this in the last season where all of a sudden like Oscar gets these big storylines, right and you're like what like like they're doing the same thing with like okay well who do we bring to the forefront instead Mm -hmm. of like Let's punch up some backstory with Lucy, mm-hmm. or let's punch up some backstory with even Harry. Like yeah,
0: we don't know much about uh, Harry. Big at, like
1: some of these people we know and love, mm-hmm. they're like, oh. You remember Dwayne and Dougie Milford? Let's let's bring them way up.
0: That's a lot untapped like, interest. People kept
1: talking about how we haven't seen enough Dwayne <laughs> and Dougie Milford, so let let's make them like front and center yeah. going forward. And it's just like so bizarre. Very, it's such oh. a bizarre choice, and and maybe would work. If every other choice wasn't equally as bizarre.
0: Yeah. Do you if, know what I mean? Like I any
1: one of these plot lines when I and I say plot lines being because you've now I think been introduced to just about all of them, except for where Ben's next turn goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is honestly my favorite of the bad. Yeah, i agree with Bad storylines. Yeah. Um, but when we've got Evelyn Marsh. Mm-hmm. We've got Little Nikki. Mm-hmm. We've got Dwayne and Doug, Dougie Milford yeah. and the, I just forgot it, Robin Lively's character's name. I just forgot oh, it. I don't Miss...
0: know. I'm sure I can find
1: it. Anyway. Um, that whole storyline. And Nadine. Nadine in high school storyline. Any one of those, maybe two, could work. Mm-hmm. They don't because it's now become... 75 percent of the episode and 25 percent of the episode is like oh here's this cool mythology stuff that you're doing with cooper and hawk and and truman and all these like it's just so unbalanced the wrong way
0: yeah completely so we are back at the station house um cooper sits before a panel of men led by roger which one's roger
1: he is one of the two black men.
0: Oh, yeah. This was really this exciting. This episode, for us.
1: groundbreaking, yeah. includes two people of color who talk. Who talk, yes, who have lines of dialogue.
0: And our first introduction to Denise, which I think we'll yeah. get into. Yeah, a I'm little sure bit. we'll discuss
1: that. To some um,
0: extent. So, anyway, Cooper sits down before a panel of men led by Roger. He says that he's innocent of any criminal wrongdoing and confident that he made the right choices. Uh, Roger says. Um, Roger says that he expects a bureau man to defend himself. Cooper says he was looking for moves from beyond the edge of the game board and yeah, talk spiritually.
1: Which, they're setting like They're setting up... Like, the way he's talking, they're setting up this new chess storyline that mm-hmm. we're about to get into with Wendell at the mm-hmm. end. And that's fine. It's a little... I don't know what the word I'm looking for. is. a little over the top with like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we got chess mean, stuff. Coming. Oh, like, you mean just the metaphor, literally like, saying "beyond yeah. the board? Um, well, like he talks, he's talking about moves. He's literally talking about chess and how he's thinking like chess. And then, uh-oh, this bad guy's going to come in with chess moves. Uh-huh. Like, it's just, it's a little over the top. Right. And a, it's just a heavy-handed metaphor. It's very heavy-handed. I don't it's not- think was necessary. Right. Like, granted... This is a little bit in hindsight because you don't necessarily know what's coming, sure. but still.
0: Um, so, Roger warns him that he may be extradited for drug trafficking and murder. Uh, Roger says that he may recommend a full psychological workup. I am
2: completely confident in the rightness of my actions. Some of it occurred outside of bureau guidelines, and I will pay the price for that. But I am innocent of any criminal wrongdoing. If they wish to charge me, I will defend myself in a court of law. Dale, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. And the first thing we expect is a bureau man to stand up for himself. Now, a man who can't, who doesn't even try, well, he may be packing feathers where his spine is supposed to be. Roger, I know the moves I'm supposed to make, and I know the board. So? I've been doing a lot of thinking lately, and I've started to focus out beyond the edge of the board at a bigger game. What game? The sound wind makes through the pines, the sentience of animals, what we fear in the dark and what lies beyond the dark. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about seeing beyond fear, Roger, about looking at the world with love. They're liable to extradite you for murder and drug trafficking. These are things
0: I cannot control. Any thoughts there?
1: Not on what Roger says, but but Cooper's reaction to it all is like, I really, really, this is some of my favorite writing too, Of just the way Cooper talks about I, there's nothing I can do about those things. Yes, those are accusations that have been made upon me. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm choosing to continue forward from a place of love rather than fear. Right. I, that's all I can do. I'm only responsible for this vessel and Mm -hmm. I can't control anything else. So I'm not going to, I'm going to try to not let it bring me down. Sure. And I, I appreciate that. I mean, however naive it might be. Right. Right you know, but it I like his approach I like this like you know boy Scout approach to it all and I love the delivery of it and the way he talks about it and like he's clearly thought about it and said like whatever's gonna happen it's gonna happen right and there's nothing I can do and it's just it 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 feels like it's all just delivered so honestly and mm-hmm. that's these are like Those are some of the moments I feel like that really flush out Cooper as a character and Mm -hmm. why he's such a great character. Mm -hmm. And they get lost because it's buried in this episode where you're introduced to a 100 terrible storylines.
0: Right. Um, We we should say it was written by Barry Pullman and directed by Dwayne Dunham. Mm -hmm. Um, I just looked him up. Dwayne Dunham also. Yeah, he was the
1: editor on the pilot. He directed episode one. Exactly um so he's been yeah in it from the begin- from the get-go like
0: okay so we cut to ooh the twin peaks high school which we haven't seen mm-hmm. in a minute yeah a um, bunch of
1: kids in the middle of winter
0: mm-hmm.
1: which they, they
0: it's just, it, to be fair it's in it's full on spring now like it's I mean, not, not full
1: on it's early march in the pacific northwest
0: it's still pretty it's early oh i guess it's only been three weeks right yeah. yeah, I keep forgetting.
1: Um, but it's yeah, there. It's a bunch of high school students, and we don't spend any time in high school. Mm-mm. It's literally about the murder of a high school student. Yeah, and we get like three scenes in the high school. Yeah,
0: actually, that's really interesting. It, it...
1: <sighs> like all it of these other shows wonder... now are about. Well, like your Riverdale's, and your like, yeah, all the drama. That's going yeah, on, all the and... drama in the high school, and this guy and this girl, and what I, like you don't get any of that with. Mm-hmm. It's all about this, you know, this brothel or this like shut-in guy's house. Like, yeah, wh- who are these? What is it, going on? It like, sort of it's... makes
0: me wonder why
1: they made it high school. Yeah, like yeah.
0: why wouldn't she just be like a twenty-year-old?
1: Yeah, make make these people young college students.
0: Yeah. Or not even college students, just young adults living in sure, the world. Sure. It would I don't know. I think that would be I mean I guess
1: they were really trying to go with the polarity of the innocence of a child
0: mm, and
1: yeah. and that approach, but still it's I don't know, it's all bizarre. Or just yeah, I don't know.
0: Um so, Nadine, who is Big Ed's wife, she's, what, in her 40s or 50s, right? 30s, 40s? Yeah, I can, 40s. I don't know why I can never tell people's age in, like, the 80s and 90s. Like, everybody either looks 25 years older than they are or 10 years younger.
1: I think it's, I think it's because it's a bunch of 25-year-olds playing teenagers. Yeah, I And also, that kind of shifts your mind to... By I also, comparison, she seems much older, but I I would say she's mid forties.
0: I also wonder if it has to do with the fact that I grew grew up in the nineties and so associate all those looks with like adults. Mm. And so when I see Nadine, yeah. I'm it's like, the,
1: it's the way you think back in your teachers, and you're like, oh, they were all adults. old teachers, and you're like, no, they aren't, that that teacher was 24. <laughs> like this is straight out of high school. Like my science teacher was 24 years yeah. old. Like, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Ugh. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Nadine approaches Donna. Uh, they're at lockers in a locker room of some sort, and confesses that just yeah, she- in
1: the hallway, hallway lockers.
0: wasn't. I thought it was in the locker room.
1: Because Mike walks by, and they're all.
0: Eh, Does he though? i'm kidding i just wasn't paying that much attention this one i really had a hard time paying attention to this one um nadine approaches donna at lockers and confesses that she feels chemistry with mike nelson is mike nelson the one i can never keep in my uh-huh. head <laughs> i remember this time though um, the- as he's the person i can't remember so uh nadine says oh, I-, I liked this exchange i'm gonna drop it in here so I like the way she's like, mm, Ed acts too old, and he wants to stay in. First of all, she's basically describing you, my husband, Michael Greif. He wants to stay in. He acts really old. He doesn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Won't hold her hand when they're watching a scary movie like The Fly, and she gets scared, and she needs some comfort, and her husband doesn't comfort her at all. I remember. That's subtext, but I definitely picked it up. I'm sorry, What? Um. Okay, listen I was giving you a chance to do some banter here Because we're about to get to James pulls in next to a sports car at a roadhouse and he you didn't
1: even mention how Nadine was like, I really like his buns
0: <laughs> <laughs> That was
1: a, like I don't, I feel like that was a very 80s, 70s, 80s things of like Buns? Not buns in particular But just like, look at his butt Like
0: yeah definitely 70s and 80s and none of my friends have ever done that no it just seemed
1: very like you don't Mm. you're being really weird (laughs) um it just it it feels like 70s 80s movies were very centered on like dudes butts as as like the pinnacle of like is this person sexy or attractive or whatever may
0: i posit a reason
1: no, absolutely not. Okay, of course. so moving <laughs> on. Uh,
0: my reason would be that um, even movies that feature, like, hunky dudes that women are into were written and directed by men, and men have, like, men tend to look at, like, women, like, I look at her tits, and I look at her ass, and guys don't have tits, so I guess yeah. when women are, like, into guys, it's hidden on their, like, they're looking at their ass, because that's the only thing I, as a man, can, like easily see that sexual about a guy like it's yeah. it's very it's very it's a very male centered yeah world for field. sure
1: but it, it just i don't know it just seems so weird to me
0: oh it's super weird but it's yeah i mean that's what i would say is yeah. when you're objectifying somebody you're pretty <laughs> pretty limited to what yeah, you have it's almost like
1: objectifying people is bizarre or odd
0: or, or
1: not ideal yeah.
0: Well, I wouldn't go that far, because (laughs) I think it's gotten us really far as a culture today. I wouldn't say there's any immediate problems with objectification.
1: Sure, of course not.
0: So, James pulls in next to a sports car at a roadhouse. He sits next to a beautiful woman. You're editorializing TwinPeaks.Fandom.com, but she's very pretty. Uh, Her name is Evelyn Marsh, and she asks James to fix her car. Mikey's just takes for this whole... It's awful. Yeah. It's very bad. It's. I have a question. It's like James is
1: one of the worst regular characters. Mm-hmm. He has moments that are not terrible, but like then you take him out of the context of other characters that we like.
0: Right. Or anything and you And make care him about. lead
1: this thing with even worse characters right. is just bonkers i have a
0: question if at the end of whatever the i don't know his last episode of the episode prior that james just sort of like nopes off on his motorcycle and drives away from donna if that was the end of his character if james was then written off the show don't don't smile as if you're like reminiscing about a future you could have had
1: very excited about this possibility
0: But if his if his character had just been eliminated from that episode on, how do you think you would reflect back to his body of work up until then in the series? do you think a Probably lot of people your... wouldn't hate him as much okay For sure that was my like, I've, my I've noticed
1: when've we've been discussing you know all the episodes prior to this
0: more often than
1: I would have remembered I've been like I actually really like James in this episode mm-hmm. I liked James in this scene like that happened more frequently than I thought and I think it's because, you get, you know, 10, 12 minutes an episode of this crap.
0: Right, right. And
1: I... I yeah, because I know you've always trash.
0: not liked James, but, I like, up until now, like, yeah, his performance can be a little wooden once in a while, but I would argue that's more in the director than it is on... It's, it's, yeah. Because it's very obvious when he gives good performances, mm-hmm. if, if people know how to work with him. Um, but... I don't like of all of the characters. I don't think he is a standout of being particularly bad or wooden or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it is just this upcoming storyline that has like po- poisoned sure. you. Sure, yeah, it, it, abso- I mean, it absolutely
1: has. It's the same thing with like I kind of find the Nadine stuff interesting early oh, really? on. Yeah, I, I I think I especially love how she plays out in season three. Like I I really like Nadine as a whole. If you could eliminate this storyline.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I do find, I think, while I agree with you that the James Evelyn plotline that we just kicked off today is objectively bad, mm-hmm. I find the Nadine stuff, Nadine in high school, to be like so much more cringy and like uncomfortable to watch. Just because like it, oh, uh, it just, it just gives me
1: the, like, I, the difference is I can. I can kind of just tune out or shrug off the Nadine stuff because it's meant to play silly. see, and I think I'm okay. that's why I don't like it. I can, I you know what? This is just silly. That's fine. They're trying to create genuine drama with James, and they're failing miserably doing it. And I can't, I like, I just, if your drama is this forced, I can't get on board. Sure. And I, I can find, oh, I don't, I just don't think that's as funny as some people might for whatever. So I'll just move past it. Yeah. And it, yeah, I,
0: I think it's, it might just be, that's more on me that I find like failed comedy to be much more uncomfortable to watch than failed drama. Hmm. It just makes me. Maybe, See, I would. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe I just did too many Honestly, open mics and like yeah. listened to too many people bomb and have bombed myself and open my like yeah. failing to and because when Twin Peaks is funny, it's infrequent, but it's so funny and that yeah. makes it better. Like this is the first time we had a full on comedic subplot. I think that I can think. But of. also,
1: every once in a while, she'll do something funny. Like if like every once in a while, like her as a whole, or her storyline as a whole, no, not great. Yeah, for this sequence anyway, or dis you know sure. dismissing early stuff. But this upcoming storyline as a whole of her in high school and this crush on Mike and all that stuff is ridiculous. Are there occasionally, you know, like crack a small smirk or a, a brief laugh? Yeah, sure. Once in a while and therefore worth it. Is there any moment ever in the James <laughs> and Evelyn storyline that I am ever intrigued and I don't think there is? There's one shot in the upcoming Diane Keat directed episode that is semi-related to that scene that I kind of like, but it it's just because I like the shot. It has nothing to do with the storyline or anything. Sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's probably definitely more it says more about me and what I can emotionally take. Like yeah. for me, secondhand embarrassment is the world's worst emotion. And it I'm sure it's gonna be what kills me someday. Like I just secondhand embarrassment makes me like fold up into myself and I think that is what the whole yeah. the whole Nadine thing feels like. Um anyway oh so quick sidebar, Mikey and I watched The Fly last night. I had never seen it. Um and I realize now that I really didn't know what the fly was about. I knew Jeff Golden turned into a fly, but I thought it was like he goes from the one thing to the. So it's he has a what's it called? Tele
1: teleporting. I was going to say
0: teleprompter, and I just knew that wasn't right. But it, I had well, Casey needs
1: to know what to say yeah. while he's teleporting. Uh,
0: so he teleports himself from place A to place B, but he accidentally fuses with a fly, and I thought just from, like, my pop-cultural understanding of it, is, like, you open the door, and he's, like, Fly Monster immediately. And, and then, by
1: pop-culture, you mean The
0: Simpsons? Yes, The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Touche. I do think most of my understanding of The Fly is based off that one Triassic. of um, But <laughs> Anyway, uh, it was very scary, and I liked it. It was more body horror than I tend to be into. But relevant to this podcast, a lot of fingernail shit that happened. And I was falling out of my chair. I was so uncomfortable. And guess who didn't comfort me at all? Jeff Goldblum. Neither Jeff Goldblum, nor my dog, nor my husband, felt like they needed to for me. It really does worry me that at some points I will scream in terror and Daddy does not wake up. Or she's asleep upstairs.
1: She came downstairs when you screamed yesterday.
0: But she didn't, like... She came down to go to sleep downstairs.
1: She came in and was like, what, do you need me? Okay, I'm going to go to sleep.
0: It, like, honestly, she's so fucking big. Yeah. But if a murderer came in, she would just lean on their legs so she could get some good scratches. Our dog is never going to save us.
1: Yeah, but she's got a good loud bark, so.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. When
1: they're at the door, she would bark a lot, and then that might scare them away. God, oh. She's more of a prevention dog. Yeah. <laughs> than- <laughs> Than like a protective
0: dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah yeah Okay. So Evelyn Marsh, she asked James to fix her car. I honestly blocked blocked this out. Yeah, I was, I was on Etsy at this point. Like, it's weird
1: because she's just like sitting there by herself. It almost feels like she's waiting specifically for James in a way that that's doesn't make point. any sense?
0: She is a very... Is like, she
1: just waiting for whoever loner happens to maybe come into this bar in the middle of a week on a, like, Tuesday afternoon or whatever day it is? Yeah, I like,
0: mean, I've had bar fly moments in my life where you just go to a bar because there's something else. But they, honestly, that's usually when I'm, like, traveling and don't know anybody around. Sure,
1: but, like, this is also, this is just a bar in the middle of nowhere, yeah. seemingly. Like, She's got that fancy car. I mean, it's just... It's You're like right a, the, it's did they just not want to pay extras? Is it mm. you know and then it's like oh and she like they he walks in and they just immediately start talking
0: and he sits down next to her which yeah. I sort of fucking got if I'm at an empty bar and a man sits down next to and me the, I have and will get up and move because fuck you
1: but do I got time to go put something on the box like
0: yeah. what do you put on
1: some just re- like
0: it's i th- generic like i'd have to check lock-a-dilly.
1: but i think it's the same like it's really organ heavy uh i think it's the same song james or uh, bobby plays in the pilot for norma when he's leaving when he picks oh. up shelly and he's like norma i'll see you in my dreams and then he plays this like big like
0: yeah like okay
1: organ pumping sound yeah Song that like, and then he just like drops his forehead on the machine like all
0: oh uh, he's got some salty. emotions, Michael. I just I, honestly, like what this boy needs is a therapist. He is so sure. fucking angsty and like and, and not doing anything with that with but those I, angst. I
1: feel like the problem is like I mean, it's not reality, so I'm not as afraid to criticize emotion because like emote what you emote but i feel like he's just lost two people very close to him in mm-hmm. a short period of time one of them just got close to him but yeah. like i feel like he's there's no grief it doesn't seem to be grief it's just angst and it doesn't seem justified do you know what I mean? Thing, like, well,
0: here's the thing: like is, he doesn't
1: go through the stages of grief, and he's right. and he's stuck on anger. Yeah, he just is always. He's been angry from the get-go. Like, he's just. Meh, eh, eh, I don't. Why did they die on me? Eh. Um, like, it's. I don't know. It's all just so bizarre.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. That is the problem. Is that if we had and we ha- he has been angsty so far. But I think because it's been a lot of, like... How would I put this? Like, he's been angsty, but it doesn't feel like it's a reaction to anything in particular. He just yeah. seems like an angsty guy. Right. It's not like he's grieving Laura or grieving Maddie yeah. or whatever. It just feels like he's, I, like, like I sort of a I want him
1: to go through more of... I I wish they had somehow... If I were in the writer's room, and I don't know exactly what I would do, I would have somehow tethered Ben Horn and James... I like... I like... Like, in this episode, I love this stuff with Ben Horn mm-hmm. in, like, a full-on breakdown of just, I've lost everything. Right. I don't know what to do, and I'm watching old home videos. Right. And I'm just struggling. hmm I wish they could have found a way. If nothing else, I think James would have been a better actor working off of Richard Beamer. Yeah. But I think they're both in the middle of a existential crisis because of loss whether it's losing people close to me or losing everything i've worked for and someone close to me or right. whatever i think if you could have gotten them together somehow i don't know what the storyline would be mhm but i feel like them working through their loss a- and like scam. at different stages of grief bouncing off of each other could have been really intriguing sure instead we get evelyn
0: (laughs) yeah we sure do um okay back at the station house andy uh leaves the bouquet for lucy and then dick comes in and dick has his little boy with him
1: little in quotations yeah he's he's (laughs) seventeen.
0: um so this boy is little nicky
1: I don't know if they ever say the age he's supposed to be, but I they treat him like he's a six year
0: old. Yes, and
1: he's clearly fourteen. At yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's he's not a You're small right. child. Um. So they so Dick comes in with this kid. Did he want to show the kid off to Lucy to show how paternal he was? Was that what was going on? I guess. Yeah. Okay.
1: I guess he was gonna. He was gonna. I think try to create this false family thing and get. Lucy and go get a malted.
0: Yeah, so they're supposed to get a malted.
1: I, I'm realizing I'm doing a lot of finger quotes in this episode, um, and you guys can't see that. You know, on, you can on do the other, uh, through your headphones.
0: <laughs> Those are quote sounds. I'm not Zorro. I'm doing quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it this is just. A rocky start to a terrible subplot. But then, but then, like it's it's a little bit cl-
1: sweet. Like Andy is like, oh, I'm going to use this opportunity to step up and be
0: yeah, who I, mean, I think Andy's- I could
1: be. I, I like I like what Andy does with this. He's trying to be positive. It's kind of it's out of the Cooper approach of like I'm trying to be positive in light of a weird situation or a difficult situation. Well, I
0: whatever. think he's trying to outparent Dick for and, sure, and they'll get there. In the next scene. Um, but anyway, Andy offers to go with him for a milkshake or a malted. malted. Um, and that's that. And his, yeah, his name is Little Nicky. Obviously, the Adam Sandler movie really didn't help this age that well. Um, okay, so they're back in the station house. Still in the station house. Cooper asks Harry and Hawk about the White Lodge.
1: This, like, one of my favorite scenes in the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Them, like the way they're tiptoeing around how to answer Mm -hmm. this whole like this is really introducing some of my favorite stuff in Twin Peaks which is this this weird mythology. Sure. And I love that and they are really putting it out there right now Mm -hmm. and I love that. Is this
0: the first time we hear the term Black Lodge? I think so. Because up until now we've it's colloquially the red room red room or the room. so this waiting, is yeah. the where where uh cooper has his dream with the chevron there's floor. still
1: online debates of is where he's at the black lodge mm. is is it, oh i is it because it's I guess it's always never... refer, it's the red room is the only thing we can say because we can see that it's red right but is is they also little man says it's the waiting room at one point i think it's later but that's another thing that's referred to. Is this just like a weird purgatory between the White Lodge, Black Lodge? Yeah. Like, it's there's a, there's still yeah. debate about that. Like, people just kind of assumed and jumped on board for it being Black Lodge, but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case. Right. Um, but yeah, it's the first time, and you hear about White Lodge in the previous episode, this is the first time you hear Black Lodge. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, Hawk says that there are other worlds and that the White Lodge is where the spirits that rule man and nature reside. He says the Black Lodge is its shadow side where people go to be purified when they die and that it will annihilate a person's soul.
1: If, if you confront it without, with, I don't, will we'll drop on the exact line, but if you basically, if you confront the Black Lodge, with any level of fear, yeah. it will annihilate your soul. All
0: right, we'll drop it Which in. Which is
1: dramatic.
0: Very dramatic. <laughs> we gonna drop it in here.
2: Cooper, you may be fearless in this world, but there are other worlds. Tell me more. My people believe that the White Lodge is a place where the spirits that rule man and nature here reside. The local legend goes way back. There is also a legend of a place called the Black Lodge, the shadow self of the White Lodge. The legend says that every spirit must pass through there on the way to perfection. There, you will meet your own shadow self. My people call it the dweller on the threshold. The dweller on the threshold. But it is said, if you confront the Black Lodge with imperfect courage, Utterly
0: annihilate your soul. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, God. Anytime Hawk gets a monologue, I'm happy. Yeah. Just happy to. Just happy to see him, hear him talk. Um. Okay. And enter ooh, one of my favorite characters, who we've not met until now, uh, Denise Bryson.
1: They do a good job with this. All this setup, too. They keep dropping full name. Oh, he's a he's a great officer. This.
0: And they call Dennis. They Dennis call Bryson Dennis. is coming, yeah.
1: Officer Dennis Bryson. I worked with him. He's a stand-up guy. He's a. They keep dropping this man so that it's a surprise for everybody or whatever.
0: Right. So, um, so it's rather famously. Um, oh God, what's the actor's name? I can't think of it. David Duchovny. David Duchovny, um, which is this pre X Files? David Duchovny, or is this like mid? When this X Files premiere.
1: I think X Files is after. I think I think it started after Twin Peaks. I think X Files is like '94.
0: That sounds right. I'm just checking Uh, '93. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say it's
1: it's. I don't. It's definitely after. But I didn't know if if Twin Peaks and X Files ever actually overlapped overlapped at all.
0: Um. So, David Duchovny walks in, presenting female. Um. Uh. I, I. This. Show is so far ahead of its time that it kind of blows my mind. Like, (laughs) Mm because I was really carefully watching this scene to see kind of what happened and what people said. I think that it speaks. I was gonna like, David Lynch didn't write this, so I don't know, like, what trans ally (laughs) was in that writer's room because it wasn't. Line. it was there's Cooper. A, there's I mean,
1: definitely a couple of jokes,
0: but it's not. But I guess I'm thinking like Cooper specifically is immediately respectful, immediately like ask Call,
1: questions. Se-
0: you want to be called Denise. You want to be Absolutely. yeah, ex-
1: exactly. Fine. And he does. And then later in the episode, he says Dennis, and she. I guess are are we making the assumption at this? Like that's what's hard, and I don't know that the show knows
0: that's the thing if is
1: denise dennis is is trans
0: I, but i honestly
1: i think it's still just like at a point in a person's gender dysphoria that the person doesn't know yeah do you know what i mean I and am so going
0: to use they
1: i think i think that's the they, way to do but it but i
0: want to be clear if i fuck up i'm I'm trying my best. Like if I fuck up it's because I'm a fuck up. And
1: that's what I think they do really well in this show is acknowledge that type of thing. So Cooper comes in later. This is in the later scene, but he says, Oh, well tell me about that, Dennis, or something.
0: hmm
1: And quickly Denise says, mm-hmm. Denise, please. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And, the, and and it was a very honest exchange of like, That's all you can do. Yeah. Thank you. And I I love that. And yeah. it's but yeah there there are a couple of jokes
0: there are but but honestly like
1: but it's not played for just like this ridiculous
0: uh, like yeah. oh my god
1: look at this punchline walk in
0: well and yes i think you're exactly right and i'm even thinking like you know we're we're speaking in september 2020 right so sure. our understanding of trans culture and trans people is light years ahead gender of where gender in general not even yeah, trans yes, just gender right. in general it's light years ahead of what it was 30 years <laughs> what, ago what was your what was the thing you always
1: bring up that I said once and I don't even remember saying it where I was like doing a letter thing like I was I doing no phonetic idea. alphabet
0: oh, for something it was because okay so my maiden name was Bloomke uh, which is currently my middle name and I would say B is in boy L-U-E-M is in Mary K-E and when I got married and I changed my last name to Greif, I said, I don't have a good like go to for G because I was like, <laughs> I right, have B right. as in boy. And you said G as in gender as a social construct. <laughs> and that was a very good joke.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good.
0: <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I fairly recently rewatched a, the first couple seasons of Will and Grace in like
1: Transphobic trans, as fuck.
0: Tra- yeah. Super transphobic. 30 so. Ro- You're
1: watching Thirty Rock oh, again. They have a same, bunch same, of like same. super trans punchline bits. Yeah.
0: Um so but the like, fact even, that like Denise is not set even if people mock her, which obviously isn't good. In, are you
1: going with just I'm gonna call you if I can't. Are you going with her? Or are you going with they? <sighs> like that's a yeah. that's the thing. The show doesn't the show, the character, the actor, the writers, nobody makes it clear what Denise's
0: gender identity is. Pronouns
1: are. Right. They they say Denise is the name Mm. but they don't give you pronouns. Which is fine. Pronouns is a is a new thing. Very new. For I mean
0: Not very new but like It's it's
1: new for the masses to understand. Right. But like the fact that it started exploring this in 1990 is is wild. Is wild. And it and, and the and the fact that immediately Cooper's on board,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Hawk is a little taken aback, but not, like, in any hateful way.
0: Just surprised.
1: Yeah, and same thing with, with Truman, who's a little bit just surprised and even says that's kind of one of the, the only jokes I can recall is like, oh... They'll oh, they're in for a surprise. Mm-hmm. Or whatever he kind of mutters under his breath or something mm-hmm. like that. in that but even that is not it's not hateful.
0: It's ignorant. It is.
1: It is, but
0: But again in nineteen nineties context. It, 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 I feel
1: like it's it's ignorant in a place that comes from naivete mm-hmm. rather than hate. Sure. And and one is more forgivable than the other.
0: Right. Um, honestly, I'm probably going to end up using she/her p- pronouns because that's
1: kind of where I'm at. Because yeah. I'm going to a little bit base it on season three, right? Which we get some more
0: context of context life, yeah. of.
1: Um, but I, yeah, I've. Whenever I've done it, I've I've re- I've used.
0: She yeah, her I pronouns. think I do normally think in in terms of she, but there are points in this series that they present as Dennis again.
1: Sort of. Yeah.
0: For whatever reason. So it, so that's why I'm a little sure. gray. And also, like you said, we don't know from this character. So anyway, the point is, we're, we're going to absolutely do our best to, to uh, be respectful about all of this. Um, so she has to be called by her new name instead of her assigned masculine name. Um, and then she asks to catch up with Cooper. And he says he'll get started immediately. Um... All right, back to the high school, Mike Nelson, who I definitely remember this time. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. He's pumping iron at the school gym. Thank you, TwinPeaks.Fandom.com, as always. Um, And then Nadine is doing leg presses, and she (laughs) lives a 600-pound weight. And the coach, another black man, Mm -hmm, very exciting. mm -hmm. He had lines and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Asked Nadine if she's interested in joining the wrestling team, which is...
1: I, it's not like it's a weightlifting team. Even if you can press, it just seems like like you want to be on the wrestling team. I don't know. It just seems so. I
0: think I'm I'm starting to zero in on like my issue with the Nadine character is that her strength is very inconsistent. Like, sure, sure, there is a difference between, oh, I can, like, press 600 pounds and I'm going to fling a grown man across uh, Like, 30 floor. yards. Yeah, yeah, like, that is a different yeah. level of strength. Like, you're not a catapult.
1: It, absolutely. So that's, I
0: think that's sort of partially, mm-hmm. like, what bothers me. Yeah, oh, is, uh,
1: and, it, and that that's just a, you know, uh, downfall of the fact that every episode is written by a different writer and mm-hmm. a different director. Right. And they, yeah, there's no through line there.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, we've talked about that, like, even in movies. Like, you were talking about Captain America, the first Captain America. Yeah. Like, it's just hard, like, with Captain, before he, like, gets yeah, transformed into...
1: If sometimes, or, like, we were talking about Lord of the Rings. It feels Lord like the sometimes Rings, the hobbits are, like, knee-height, and uh-huh. sometimes they're, like, oh, mid-chest. Yeah. It, it's there's it's tough to be yeah consistent with some of those things. But it's, yeah, it's all just a very... I, yeah, this, this plot line to me doesn't bother me because I just find it kind of forgettable.
0: Ugh, I hate it. Okay, so we uh, cut to, I guess, Josie's home or Harry's home. I don't know which. It's a bed. Um, they are in, Josie and Harry are in bed together. Harry brings her a glass of water. Um, he tells her that she must tell him the truth. She says she used to work for Thomas Eckert in Hong Kong, she was a child sex worker and that he pulled her off the streets. He mentored her. Andrew Packard was a business partner who married Josie. Eckert wants Josie back. She believes that he's he responsible for Andrew's death. Josie escaped from the airport. She says she would rather die than return to Hong Kong. Okay.
1: Uh, that was the scene that that's like a you know two and a half minute scene, something mm-hmm. like that. and about a minute and a half into it. I literally like woke up. Yeah. Like I wasn't asleep, but I was just like, I'm watching this. I'm not on my phone. I'm not distracted by something else. Something about almost all of Josie's scenes, I just tune them the fuck out. I don't know why. I just can't focus. It's, there's no rise and fall in her voice. There's some, she does have a flat affectation. It's like she's trying to put me to sleep. She and she's always talking about this guy and this guy is playing this guy and, this, and it's too well, much. She's to an exposition of. machine,
0: yeah. Because it's not really about Josie; it's about all the men who are like in Josie's For orbit. For sure. And she kind to me. She she like, of,
1: pulled off the streets from being a fucking child sex worker. That's yeah. wild. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah,
1: I want to hear those stories.
0: I also and think, it's and it's
1: not. It's like how does how does this deal with the mill? Like fuck the mill.
0: I also think that. Um, Josie uh, who is played by Joan Chen what is it? Joan Joan Chen Chen. do you know anything about Joan Chen? Uh,
1: she was an actress model
0: because I was going to say like she very much strikes me as a model turned actress uh, in terms of like Mm -hmm. like she's very beautiful but isn't terribly like emotive when it Mm -hmm. comes to her voice yeah yeah um, and so that that is kind of what it reeks of to me. It's like, we need this beautiful face on our screen. Like, it doesn't matter if she sure. can. Yeah. Um, or maybe they were constantly directing her to be flat. Like, I don't <laughs> fucking know.
1: I really felt what you were doing. Can we do one more <laughs> yes. where we can tune the audience out yeah. for a little while? Yeah. thanks Thanks.
0: Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, she has a really tragic and interesting past. And like, I don't know if it's the writing or the acting or the direction, but like, Oh, my God, I don't care. Or maybe it's just my reflexive dislike for rich people. Well, that that's part of it. Like, I don't give a fuck
1: about Thomas Eckert or Andrew Packard. I don't know
0: who Thomas Eckert is. Do I?
1: Well, you just explained who he was to me, so.
0: Well, no, 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 but, like, have we met him? No. Okay, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. It's no. like, I couldn't place we him. We do,
1: but we haven't.
0: Okay. Um, okay, so back to the double r roger Reeds- yeah and that's part of it
1: too a lot of her exposition is talking about people we've never met yeah she talks a lot about andrew she talks a lot about thomas
0: mm-hmm.
1: all these like storylines of things that are going on somewhere else off screen
0: which it feels and it's like really hard to anchor that it should be stuff that we've developed and understood in season one that maybe we're like tapping it, back to in season yeah two, but it, it's- that's absolutely the case like yeah yeah um. All right. Double R Diner. Roger reads a paper at the diner. Who's Roger?
1: The the guy who's busting Cooper for the.
0: Oh, 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 oh. yes, yes, yes. Herder. I don't know why his name won't stick in my head. Um. Roger reads a paper at the diner. Hank and Emmy return. Nope. Hank Ernie. and Ernie. I did that last time. I was editing mm-hmm. it, and I was it. It really is bad kerning. It's not my fault. A uh, Hank and Ernie. I don't know who Ernie is. That probably doesn't help. Ernie
1: is. Norma's mom's new husband. He was in the joint with Yes,
0: Hank. yes, 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 yes. Okay. Hank and Ernie return. Norma tells Ernie that Vivian is back in Seattle. This <laughs> is one that like this
1: is the first time I noticed what is likely a little joke that I kind of thought was a cool deep cut because he She says, Oh, how was hunting? And what we kind of learn from subtext is that they didn't actually go hunting. Right. They were off planning some something, some crime or whatever. And Hank says to Norma, oh, it was fatiguing. And then you kind of make the realization, oh, they came in dressed head to toe in like seemingly brand new hunting fatigues. Right. And like, yeah, oh, they <laughs> didn't actually go hunting. They just put on hunting fatigues. And that's the joke he's trying to make. But like for no audience. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. what I mean? Ernie's already sitting in a booth. Right. He's not even there. Right. And he's just saying it to Norma, but like, like it. It almost seems like something that was kind of clever on the page, because it was. Oh, it was fatiguing, and he glance glances over to Ernie and gives him a little look. Right. And then the director was like, "No, nah, I didn't get it. And <laughs> let's let's put Ernie in this booth, and then Norma, and they'll talk over here. Like, and it." it kind of fell flat, but I feel it's like a joke that was written in the script uh-huh. that didn't come to fruition entirely, but the actor picked it up, and so he still delivered it like a joke, but mm. for no audience.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I don't know.
1: Just something I picked up on this viewing for the first time.
0: Sure. Andy, Dick, and Little Nikki eat dessert. Andy Dick?
1: <laughs> I don't remember him in this show.
0: Womp womp. Andy, comma, Dick, <laughs> Comma, and little Nikki uh, eat desserts at the counter. I just remember, did somebody compare the whipped cream to like a mountain or something like that? I don't know. That was the only yeah. Thing they tapped Andy in says for. it
1: looks like Whitetail Mountain or whatever.
0: Um, and then, then Nikki, the Nikki pranks both Dick and Andy. I was pretty checked out at this part. So, do you have any insight or do you want to explain <laughs> what little happened? Little Nikki
1: <laughs> blows whipped cream in Dick's face. Classic. And then, actually. All all things considered, kind of a decent pratfall when Andy like stands up off of his stool to reach for napkins. Mm-hmm. Little Nikki spins the seat, so when he sits back down on it, it spins Andy onto the floor. Yeah, sure, <laughs> an okay pratfall. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. it's not terrible, well things considered. Um, but yeah, it's just it's two dudes fighting over this kid's which affection that
0: doesn't make any sense. Right. Because why does Andy... If they're
1: showing... Like, if they want to show off their fatherhood abilities, like... To whom? Lucy needs to be there. And she's not. Right. So, like, all of this doesn't make any sense until Lucy is there. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just... And the... Like, it's... The kid's 15 years old. (laughs) It's... uh, And, yeah, they're treating him like he's this... I don't know. It's, it's all. Absurd. But yeah, and,
0: and it's also just really unclear what the fuck Andy's motivations are. You know, like I don't understand. So Dick brought in this kid, Nikki under what, what, what's the guy? He wanted he to this?
1: show off to Lucy that, look, well, I'm this taking kid? this serious serious. Is it's, he
0: like a he, big brother's little? Yeah, it was big helping big hands. One? I think they called okay. it.
1: Um, this is the whole conversation on the ladder last week. Where he's like, oh, I oh mentored this child or whatever mm-hmm. to show to you that look at look at how right. good I can be as a father figure, right? Um, and I but don't,
0: it just makes no sense that Andy yeah, is Andy's and unless to Lucy steal was that, there. Or
1: if Lucy were there, maybe. But then they kind of like, oh, Lucy's on. I uh, helping with the Milford wedding, but then wasn't there at the Milford wedding sequences. So clearly, like they just didn't have access to Lucy while they were filming that. Right. Or to Kimmy Robertson, more yeah. specifically. Like, so they just, like, wrote her out of that scene is what it feels yeah. like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Just all of it. All of the oh, Andy, they, Nick. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense, especially without Lucy. Yeah. It makes minimal sense with Lucy. Right. Like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. From one good plot line to another, yeah. James tells Evelyn he thinks He thinks he can fix her car. Um, They're in her garage. It's like an old... Yeah, like
1: old 40s. Yeah.
0: Sorry if you can hear that. We're just... Our dog makes noises. She just walks around the house making noises. Um, She tells James... Evelyn tells James that she doesn't know where her husband is, that he travels regularly. Um... Which seems to be a theme in this episode of Women not knowing where their husbands are At any given time and not being particularly worried about them (laughs) (laughs) I just like I know it was a time before cell phones and all that But I just cannot fathom a moment of like Mike. I haven't seen Mikey in three days And I'm like oh I'm sure he's fine So James tells Evelyn he thinks He can fix her car She tells him she doesn't know where her husband is We did that Travels regularly. She offers to let him stay in the room above the garage that she needs to have the car fixed before her husband gets home. Yep. You know, when you go to a bar and you meet a random 18 year old kid where and was you. Where's James
1: going? Like, I know it's just, I want to get on my bike and yeah. go. Yeah. But, like, you didn't think about where you're going to sleep that night? You <laughs> yeah, know? Like, all of it is just absurd and
0: also I don't quite understand how far away he is from because tw- he says tw- when she asks where he's from he says Twin Peaks so he's close enough that like right. it's a recognizable yeah. town so maybe he was just planning on doing like a two hour <laughs> road trip and coming home and then met Evelyn was like yeah. I guess I live with you now <laughs> like what does Big Ed think about all this Big Ed's got other things to worry about
1: he's getting, he's, his wife is in high school <laughs> his nephew is off who knows where it's all just a mess
0: uh, okay, Ben. Okay, this is our Ben Horn scene, which I know you like. He watches an old home movie from his childhood of building the Great Northern Hotel.
1: Yeah, I just, I really like this rendition of the Laura Palmer theme that plays. Mm-hmm. I, I like, see, like, I like seeing a man who's like kind of borderline the definition of real life evil. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this legitimate (laughs) supernatural evil and then this man who's like evil personified in like a human evil right and breaking him down to the point where like not only is he potentially even seeing the error of his ways like Mm -hmm. he seems to be the things that he's looking back he's filling himself back up with this love of like my brother and my Uh family he gives his mother a kiss on the cheek in the uh on the screen or whatever like these moments of like yeah it used to be innocent Mm -hmm. and maybe I can get back there somehow like and it's it almost seems hopeful in a man who realized the error of his ways Mm -hmm. and he's but he's just broken down in a way that seems honest I don't know and maybe it's just his performance
0: yeah which
1: I I think is incredible Mm -hmm. Um,
0: well and also Ben is a really multifaceted character and when you come off a james character or an a uh uh what's her name evelyn evelyn character who feel at best two-dimensional but more likely one-dimensional like it's nice to see to see layers put in hank finds ben in the office ben reminds hank of his recent challenges he basically goes through everything that just happened to him which Mm -hmm. is not insignificant um, Hank tells Ben that he no longer owns One-Eyed one Jacks and that Hank no longer works for Ben. Ben rants, drops furniture, and makes shadow monsters with his hands. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I, I it's just interesting of him being like, well, he almost doesn't even react to Right. It's just one more blow. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's the way things are going now. That's fine.
0: Uh, Cooper inspects a letter from Wyndham Earl. Um, it's another chess move and a tape. Cooper listens to the tape and inspects a chessboard, like a tiny chessboard, right? Yeah, it's like a
1: little travel board.
0: Um, Wyndham says the king must die and that he will attain his goal at any cost. Do you think he's just talking about chess, Michael, or do you uh-huh. think
1: this is the moment where I grabbed the remote because I thought the episode was over? You
0: sure did. This... That seems
1: like a oh, this is uh-huh. this is our cliffhanger for yeah. this episode. And that is not where we were at. Because we
0: cut to Dougie's wedding.
1: Fuck.
0: Dougie is marrying a human child. Dwayne interrupts. Uh, Who's Dwayne? Who the fuck his is brother? Is? Oh God. So Dougie and Dwayne, <laughs> they're fighting. Dougie's marrying a baby. Dwayne is in the ceremony and then interrupts mid ceremony, which like. I don't know. But the ceremony's already started, and you've been there the whole time. Like it was, it was at the.
1: Oh, it, do you object? Should or? we have done
0: that? Do you think? Do you think anyone oh, would have obj- objected? Shit! What
1: anyone else says?
0: Yeah, yeah fuck them. Um, interrupts the ceremony to say that the bride is a gold digger. Um, Cooper meets Bryson at the wedding reception. Bryson has found cocaine.
1: What's your take on that joke?
0: Can you tell it to me
1: again? I, it, Bryson has the bouquet Mm -hmm. at the bar Mm -hmm. holding it
0: and Bryson is Denise right
1: yeah and Cooper looks at it and he says not many of the bridal not many of the bridal party were were varsity wide receivers
0: (laughs) or something like that which
1: is kind of (laughs) like
2: unfair advantage how many of those girls were varsity wide receivers very few
1: I think that's funny. I is it in like I feel like that's like it's that's a good joke around the circumstances. Yeah. But isn't like making fun of someone who might be trans?
0: I don't think so because this is my take and obviously I'm I'm cis so like take that for a grain of, with a grain of salt. But my thought is it's not like if he had said not many bridesmaids have a dick or whatever like that's one thing but like uh, Denise coming out as trans or gender non-binary or whatever right. doesn't erase her she's, athletic she's still, history. She's still talking
1: about her experiences. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like,
0: um, like, Caitlyn Jenner is still an Olympian. Yeah, she for sure. She just, like that, her, be, like, going by Bruce at that mm-hmm. time does not but erase it's her, just her accomplishments. Such a, such a,
1: I think just a great throwaway joke. It's very funny. Like, you almost, like, you miss I, I think I missed it. the yeah. setup for the scene. Yeah. Because they don't show that, like, oh, you got the bouquet. Mm-hmm. they just, it's there and she says that. Right. And then you just move on and that's how you introduce to the scene which I think is just a great Mm -hmm. like again a good tasteful Mm -hmm. moment. If anyone out there listening is trans and found it horribly offensive or something please let me know. I want to better myself. Yeah. But
0: Yeah I might dip into one of my Twin Peaks groups and see if I can get some perspective on it. I think it's interesting. But like when we were at Twin Peaks Fest in, in 2018 18, 2018, mm-hmm. we met a trans dude there who was like, Yeah, the existence of Denise in 1990s television was really formulative.
1: We met a trans woman there too.
0: We did meet, yeah, she wasn't, yeah, you're right. But like, and the
1: same response. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, I, yes, I, I mean, I think I it think all comes down the to idea representation of matters.
1: Remotely, mm-hmm. in, like, because outside of this, it was like, Ace Ventura, I was just about or to bring like up some Ace Ventura. Shit where it's like, oh dear, that's or, the punchline, yeah. Is that or like s- sleepaway ooh. camp or fucking uh, what um, what's the
0: I want to help you, but uh,
1: crying game or things like that. That like that was like the big twist ending or oh, whatever. I've never it was, seen like, it, so you it's, spoiled it spoiled
0: it. Crying game that the <sighs> Tina Turner song is from. Um, no, I'm not. No, I'm not about the crying gang I'm just finding my spot so Denise has found cocaine in Cooper's car Um, she says it looks like a frame job but they need proof Um, she said that she started presenting oh okay so she goes into like First of all, I know I dog on TwinPeaks.Fandom.com a lot because a lot of the writing is trash, um, which is fine. It's just like regular people. But they are doing a... Regular.
1: This is a podcast for regular people.
0: It is for regular people, so you guys should should all read that. But they do such a nice job working around, like using the language around Denise's character. Bryson says that she started presenting female as part of the job, continued doing so because it felt right. And that's right.
1: from dialogue. That's what she says.
0: But like presenting female is is it, a that's, pretty that's, contemporary. She says presenting? Yeah. oh I thought she just said he I don't know anyway um, I think so I think she just said I well what she said was the only way to get close to this person was to be they only dealt with trans people obviously did not use that word and then the longer she was presenting but she didn't say I guess she didn't say as long as I longer I dressed like this the more right it felt and I felt you know, whatever, happier, or calmer. Which we we both read um Laura Jane Grace's uh memoir biography autobiography and yeah. she talks about the same thing of like she would put on women's clothes before she was out as a way to like Yeah feel just more like herself. hang out
1: in a hotel room yeah, alone. Exactly. Like she would get hotel rooms just to mm-hmm. do that. It's a great book by the way it's if very you very good. Um Laura Jane Grace is the um
0: lead singer, lead singer of, against of Against
1: Me. Against me. Um, she's also Lord Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers, both great bands. Um, she wrote a book called Tranny Mm -hmm. and it's very, very good.
0: Very good. Um, anyway, so that's that. Dwayne complains to Pete. Dwayne, Dwayne. Okay. Dwayne's the other brother. Yeah. Complains to Pete about the wedding. Was that Pete's only appearance in this episode? He's
1: throughout, like, get these like cutaways of him being, making, making Pete faces. Yeah. During Um, the wedding, but yeah. And the same thing with, like, they bring the log lady back for nothing in this. She's just at the wedding. I like this cake. And, like, she's such a great character that they just
0: failed. Like,
1: give me a fucking, give me more log lady. Give me more Major Briggs. Mm -hmm. Not Dougie and Dwayne Milford. Not fucking Evelyn Marsh. Not, like, it's just, yeah, they miss the mark
0: yeah uh harry tells cooper that he's had to separate Dwayne and dougie the brothers several times cooper dances with audrey Andy dances with denise um and then jo- oh god i barely remember this josie tries to convince catherine of her goodwill catherine tells josie to work as her maid yeah
1: that's another storyline that's ridiculous i
0: forgot about yeah. this story or she will give her up to eckard it's forgettable josie agrees and leaves andrew packard enters in real dun, dun, dun. And- that's the
1: big reveal oh. Andrew's still alive
0: honestly I wasn't even paying attention oh, enough like, to get that that to me
1: is yeah I know it's soap opera E and there's if they're still trying to tie it back to that because this, as this show goes on it gets less soap opera E mm-hmm. this is a moment that's still very soap opera E of like this whole thing that we built this entire storyline on about how Andrew was dead And now Catherine wants the mill and Josie got like, oh, Andrew's alive and he's been planning all of this Mm -hmm. is so fucking dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fucking lazy. Mm -hmm. Like, what if the person we always thought was dead is actually alive? It's it's not a, it's just, it's not a twist. It's not anything I'm interested in. Yeah.
0: It's Yeah, it's not a twist if I don't care. Exactly. Like if I don't know, I just feel like there's a very fine line between like, oh, it's a twist, and oh no, you're just lying to me about the reality of this right. show. Because it doesn't feel like oh, this was like planted all along, and now we're revealing it. It sure. feels like the writers were like, what do we I do? Let's know. bring Andrew back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, like all of this,
1: like the ownership of the mill got transferred over to Joe. Like all of these things happened, so he was his faked death. Was very well faced, right? You know right, what I mean. Right, right. It's all just, and it wasn't recently. Mm-hmm. It was seemingly a while ago. Right. It's uh, it's r- ridiculous.
0: Um, Andrew Packard enters, reveals that he and Catherine are using Josie as bait for Eckert. End of episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just and like all of the Cooper stuff in the episode is wonderful Mm -hmm. because that includes the hawk stuff truman stuff denise denise stuff even the betty briggs stuff Mm -hmm. like there's great stuff in this episode there's some really great stuff but this for the most part break just breaks my art because they're introducing stuff that maybe isn't horrible yet but is going to be right. and I know it and that's why this episode is so polarizing for me because you introduced all of the Black Lodge White, White Lodge mythology which mm-hmm. is wonderful and you introduced Josie is a maid Andrew Packard is back Evele, excuse me, Evelyn Marsh Nadine in high school yeah. little Nikki <laughs> all five of those things came yeah And they're not good
0: Not great Doesn't bode well And I do Like we We are gonna Winner Merle's
1: stuff I It could be better But I don't hate The Winner Merle's stuff
0: No I don't either And I want to say uh, We are gonna be Bagging on the next Few episodes And I think rightfully so I think that They are objectively Pretty bad But it
1: Mostly Really bad Like the stuff that's good Is still very good And I think I don't think I don't think There's a completely Flawed episode we're like, There's everything in this episode good, yeah. is garbage. Every episode has at least one scene that is like, this was a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Every episode does.
0: Um, but to to finish my thought, it comes back. Like, the last couple episodes of this season are so, so, so good. Oh, yeah. So, oh, absolutely. so that's like, like, I'm just, I mean, the, the, the reason I is, that up is, like, is
1: the best episode, I think, of the
0: entire season. Oh, three I, I, I think I agree. I, so I just if you're listening, watching this through for the first time and like not sure, it, like it's gonna be some junk, yeah, a little bit. But I would say do not give up until the end. It's not seconds. a show
1: that just nose dives straight. Into exactly,
0: the exactly. Yeah. It's it, it's gonna pull up. Um. All right. So that is hang all. in there. <laughs> all right. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Cooper Duper at Twin Peaks Podcast for regular people. Hosted by Michael Greif and me, Jessica Blumke Greif. Our podcast logo is by Foraker Creative. You can follow them at Foraker Creative. Our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week.